Hello, hello, and welcome to another episode of Work Performance and Freedom of Mind. My name is Felipe Bernardo, and I am coming out of a, a coaching conversation that I had with my client, and we were talking about the topic of integrity. And he <clears throat> he started to see some things around the the theme of integrity. Um, and I'm starting to see some things about integrity that has been really, um, really striking to me as as game changing factors when it comes to leadership, when it comes to um, performing at a higher level, and really creating anything that we want in life. <clears throat> and the way that usually we think about integrity is that we usually think about it as a moral thing, right? And I want to make a distinction here between integrity as a moral thing or integrity as a structural thing. So integrity as a moral thing is when we think that we are going to be good or bad people if we do or don't do something, right? Um, if I end up lying or if I end up doing not doing what I say I will do, it means that I, I'm going to be filled with guilt. Uh, I can judge myself. I can put myself down because I shouldn't have done that. I should be doing something else. There is a lot of shoots. There's a lot of right and wrong, a lot of good and bad. And that really um, makes it really difficult for us to keep our word to ourselves um, and to um, create something in life because it's very difficult to create anything out of guilt, out of pressure, out of frustration. It may work as a motivation for a short period of time, but it's it's not a sustainable way to create in life, right? So if we park the whole definition of integrity as a moral thing to the side for a second, right? Uh, you may pick that up later. I, I wouldn't advise it, but uh, let's just have an open mind here and put that to the side. All right, let's bring now, I'm doing some gestures with my hands, even though I know no one's watching me. Anyways, I'm bringing now um, this other definition of integrity, which is a structural thing. So there is this article that I have been reading and rereading from um, the American uh, lecturer and author, Werner Erhard who uh, for, for many years, and I believe still, uh, is, was the, the teacher around things related to leadership and to performance, right? And the way that he describes integrity in that article is the state of being whole, complete, unbroken, unimpaired, sound, in perfect condition, Right? And, and he made it very explicit to not be confused or conflated with the normative phenomena of morality, ethics, sincerity, or character. So something that is whole and complete, something that is working as it's designed to work, something that is, that there is no flaw in it, it's in perfect condition. If you think about an object that has integrity, like a wheel, for example, of, of a car, if you, um, if you remove a few of the spokes of the, of that wheel. The wheel is not going to work properly, right? Um, what it was designed to do is not going to be manifested, right? It, it, if you put it to the test, at some point, it's going to break apart. 
we would say that object has no integrity or lacks integrity, right? Um, so we can look at objects and we can look at their structure, right? How, how is it structurally the way that they appear to us, right? And it can either have integrity or not have integrity. There is no judgment in an object not having integrity, right? It's just it has or it doesn't have. It's very objective. When we look at human beings and, and we say uh, it, it, from this model uh, of structural integrity that a person has integrity, the way that uh, I really relate to what um, Werner Erhard talks about is that the person keeps their word. The person has an integrity with what they say, with their word. And the way that I like to see it is what I say and what I say I will do or not do, the promises I keep to myself, and the action that I take is one. Right? So my word and the action is one, is uh, in perfect condition, is whole, complete, unbroken. There is no division between the word and the action. If there is a division, if uh, suppose that I would say something like, I will, uh, I think I will brush my teeth at 8 p.m. tonight. I will probably do it. I plan to do it. I hope to do it. I'm already coming from a place of maybe. I'm already coming from a place of, yeah, it might happen, it might not happen. And if I speak that and the action doesn't happen, right? Uh, I could say that I don't have integrity with my word in that instance. Or even if I do say, I will brush my teeth tonight at 8 p.m. and I don't do it, the system of word action lacks integrity, right? Now, again, I don't want the, 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 mor the moral uh, argument to, to get into the mix, right? We can get very easily caught up into, yeah, but this should have done because you said you, you were going to do, um, I can feel guilty because I haven't done it. Uh, I can blame myself. I can make excuses, blame the world. No, but look, I was in a different house and I didn't have my brush. It doesn't matter. We can park all of that to the side. And the only thing we can look at is, am I in integrity? Is the word action system in integrity or not? In this instance that I mentioned, it was not. Okay, then what, given this, given that um, I, I, didn't, I didn't have an integrity with my promise, what do I want to create next, right? So he talks about keeping your word, and I want to go very in-depth about this, and, and he also talks about honoring your word, meaning when I don't keep my word either to myself or to others, which actually I'm always keeping to myself when I say to others, uh, but when I'm not keeping my word, when I, when I realize that I made a commitment, I made a promise to brush my teeth at 8 p.m., and it's 7.30 and I realize I'm not going to be able to do it. And I made this promise to, I don't know, my colleague for whatever reason, right? Uh, up to your imagination. And, and I realize that I'm not going to be able to do it. I can honor my word by telling them, hey, I'm not going not gonna to be able to do it, right? So either way, that is 
always a new moment of now to respect and honor my ability to create in life what, what I want. And the more in touch, think about this. Think about this in your life. Think that if you were to be fully in touch with your power to create and you will be fully in integrity with the word action system uh, every time, right? How much would you create in your life? If you say you're going to the gym and you would go to the gym and when you would not go to the gym, you would honor that word to yourself and you reevaluate the whole uh, intent, uh, idea of going to the gym and, and you would create a new promise, right? You would either in that moment say to yourself, okay, I, I'm not going today and I'm going next week. Or, and then you would actually craft a system around it to make sure that you do it. And if you wouldn't, and if you didn't want to do that, you could also say to yourself, I'm not going to do it, right? This, um, this kind of integrity that I'm talking about requires a radical self-honesty, a kind of honesty with ourselves that we're constantly looking back into um, being impeccable with our word, right? We're constantly looking at that because there is a power in it. If I constantly live my life as maybe I will do something, guess what I'll have in my life? I'll have a lot of maybe results. <laughs> I maybe will treat people well. When they uh, don't treat me so nicely, then I'm not going to treat them nicely, right? So then I'm not really living into the commitment that I will treat people well. I'm going to live into the commitment. I'm going to treat them well, except when, right? So that is. Uh, a lack of power in it. That there is a power when we are able to create in life and really respect and honor our promises, right? So I want to uh, highlight a little bit of of the text for you uh, of this article, and um, and one of the things that 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 uh, struck me is that he talked about this gentleman called Steve Zafron, who uh, is or was the CEO of a consulting firm called Vanto Group. And this consulting firm would go to other companies and they would um, try to bring plans, uh, incorporate plans to help their companies and their employees and, and everyone in the company to uh, have a higher performance at their work, in their workplace, right? Higher productivity, more well-being, right? They wanted to install different uh, strategy, strategies around that. So... This this CEO uh, with with the with the company the Vanto Group they they went to this company called Magma Copper Com Company in Tucson Arizona uh, in the 1990s, and they installed this new project around integrity based on this definition, right? And the project was that with the the the, the help of a computer system, they were able to measure promises kept. And promises, um, promises made and kept, and promises made and not kept, right? So they figure out a way to have the employees constantly reevaluate if they uh, have had promises kept, made and kept, or promises made and not not kept, right? So any any large or small promises, it didn't matter which one it was they would evaluate this consistently, right? So when uh, the employees did not keep a promise, they would acknowledge 
that they did not keep it. They would announce it. They were not keeping their promise on time, right? Like, like I mentioned, they would honor their word. And they would put promises uh, made and not kept, right? And that was going to be then a new opportunity to make a new promise. Now, the interesting thing is, um, o- over a, a, few, a few years, they, when they first tested the integrity statistics of the people, I'm not sure exactly how they tested that, um, it, it went from 65 to then on the following years to come, 75% and then 80%. Um, so people started to have more and more uh, to grow their ability to keep their promises more and more and be in integrity even when they don't keep it, right? And that correlated with a significant rise in productivity and decrease in costs. And then he goes on in the rest of the article to make other examples about how when, when they would um, bring projects around helping employees to, to, to measure and to understand integrity, they would see an increase in productivity, in performance, and in well-being as well. And, um, and also freedom. He talked about freedom as well in the article. Because when I, when, I, um, when I am very reliable, right? when I know that I can rely on my word, I don't have to be second-guessing that I'm going to do something or not. It, it's a done deal. It's an it's a inner, quiet knowing that it's going to get done. So I, I, I'm not on the fence. I'm not doubting myself. There is a freedom of mind that comes from having integrity as well, right? Now, at some point in the article, he talks about, um, he, he asks the reader to, to imagine this, this scenario, right? Imagine that when you look in your life and you look at the projects you, you want to do in your personal life, your professional life, with your health, with your relationships, with your business, with your work. Think, um, imagine you as a person who has really whole, complete, perfectly shaped uh, integrity with what you say you're going to do, right? So he gives a, a few prompts to have us to imagine that. So imagine that you have done what you said you would do and you did it on time. Imagine that you have done what you know to do and you did it the way it was meant to be done and you did it on time, right? So you have done what you know to do. Even when you were alone and no one else was around, there was nothing to prove to anyone else. There was nothing to announce to anyone else. You didn't promise to anyone. You just promised to yourself you were going to do X, Y, and Z. And you just know to do that when the time comes and you did it. And you did it on time. So just imagine how would your life be shaping itself to be different if those things were to happen. You have done what the people whom you want to have a workable relationship with expect you to do. Ooh, that's an interesting one, isn't it? Even if they never asked you to do it and, nev- and, uh, and you never said uh, you would do it and you did it on time. So you did what the people whom you want to have a workable relationship with expect you to do. You did what people expected. Even if they never told you, you still did what they expect you to do. Um, Not to people please, not to fit in and to conform because I have to do what everyone's expecting of me, but simply because you want to have a workable relationship with them 
and you see a possibility of you keeping your word, um, helping that relationship. So, for example, I, I gave this example today about uh, every time uh, in my, my house, when I, uh, people go inside, uh, we remove our shoes and we leave it like by the door. So we, we can walk around in, in flip-flops or whatever. I don't have a verbal agreement with my partner that we say, okay, from now on, we're not going to wear shoes inside the house. So you could say like, well, if it's just uh, about expectations um, uh, and, and if keeping my word was only about doing what I say I will do, I could very well have the attitude that I'm just one day uh, walk around the house with shoes and bring dirt everywhere. And then she would say, hey, why are you walking with shoes? I said, well, I didn't say I was not going to use it. I, I didn't keep any, I didn't mention, I didn't vocalize any promise. So uh, I'm just going to walk around the house, <laughs> right? Um, if I would do that, she wouldn't be very trusting on me, right? She, she the, the, the trust in the relationships about doing what makes sense to make the relationship workable um, it would go would be a lot lower on her side towards me, right? It, it would be kind of skeptical. So there is an expectation on her part that is not spoken about, um, is not vocalized out loud that we are going to walk uh, without shoes inside. And if... I uh, see that I want to do what I know to do and I want to keep my promise so that we can have a workable relationship together. Now, there's another bit in this, this point that he makes. He said, you, you have done what people expect you to do or you have informed them, you have informed them in, in, in this or that case that you will not meet their expectations of you. Right? So, oh, I'm noticing someone's having an expectation of me. I have also the opportunity to voice that out and say, hey, I'm not going to live up to your expectations. I'm also being my word when I do that, right? I'm, I'm keeping my word to the way that I choose to be in the world and in relationship to that person. And I'm honoring the consequences of that as well, right? So as you can notice so far, this is a lot about taking responsibility, right? And seeing that we are always the creator of, um, of our results. Now, there's another point. You have informed others of your expectations of them and you have made explicit requests to those others, right? Imagine that you actually have done that. How much easier it would be to, to not expect from others. Now, there is, a, there is an imbalance here, isn't it? Uh, he's talking about how um, to be a person of integrity, to keep my word, it involves me doing what I know to do um, and what, it, what others expect me to do, even if they didn't mention. But when it comes to me, um, in my relationship to others and my expectations of others, I want to be explicitly requesting them and vocalizing that. that that's interesting. And, and he talks about in the article that having integrity is not a matter of fairness. And the reason for that is when I want to, um, when I have expectations of others, I may, um, 
it wouldn't be appropriate for me to then go to them and say, hey, you didn't do this thing that I think you should do it. And because there was no agreement in place, they would probably be very skeptical about whatever I'm expecting of them. And that would make the relationship less workable, right? So it's not a matter of fairness. It's a, it's a matter of freedom of mind as well, all right? So that's his definition. Um, another point, whenever you have asserted anything, you are willing to be held accountable. Uh, you were willing to be held accountable that your evidence for what you were asserting would satisfy the people who are listening to you and that what you asserted is valid, right? So basically, um, one aspect of being your word in, in, in this definition is that you, whatever you're saying is is what is so. You're not lying. You're not uh, saying something that is invalid. So you're being careful with, with what you're saying because people will trust your word, trust the evidence for that fact you're sharing. Another point, whenever you realize you're not going to do any of the above or not going to do it on time, you have said so to everyone who might be impacted. And you did so just as soon as you realize you wouldn't, do, you wouldn't be doing it or you wouldn't be doing it on time. And if you're going to do it in the future, you have said by when you would do it. So you made a new commitment. And if you're not going to do it at all, you have said so. And you have dealt with the consequences of not doing it on time and not doing it at all for everyone who got impacted by it. So imagine if you were to be that kind of person, right? I, I am assuming that you'd start to notice in, in your exploration that you'd, you'd be the kind of person who would actually do a, a, a lot of things um, that you actually want to create, right? Because, for example, if you have a desire to exercise, to be healthier, or to be a better leader to your team, or to treat people in a, a bit differently, in a, in a kinder way, you would keep that word, right? You'd have an integrity around this. And every single time you would not be able to uh, keep it, you would honor it and would let everyone know and let yourself know, right? There is a, a very strong power here. And again, it's about being radically honest with ourselves, right? So to summarize what um, Werner Erhard in this article, he, he describes as, as keeping one's word, right? And, and what it means to, to keep it a word, right? So there are a few things, right? We usually think that keeping our word is only to, when we are doing what we say we're going to do. And whatever we are saying, it is so, it is valid, right? We can put to the test. But, but it's not only that. What, what he is bringing to, to the table is there are more factors. If we would stop there, we would actually not be in integrity with our word. So to summarize, you are a person who keeps your word when you do what you said you're going to do. That's one. Two, you did what you know to do, right? So even when you're alone and you haven't shared the agreement with anyone else but to yourself, you did what you know to do and you did it on time. Three, you did what is expected of you by those with whom you desire a workable relationship, right? Unless you have declined that ex those expectations, right? So you became increasingly aware of whenever people are expecting something from you, 
and, and voicing that out and, and doing that. Four, what you say is so, is, 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 is put, can be put to the test and is valid, right? Like I mentioned before. Five is that you keep your word when you stand for, you do what you stand for in life. Right, and this is gonna be a little bit more abstract, but if if I stand for honesty, and you see me lying, I'm not keeping my word. Right, that that's pretty much it. Um, six, about moral, ethical, ethical and legal standards. This this basically just means that I keep my word in respecting the rules of the game I am in, in society, and um, I'm respecting the laws. And I'm not doing anything that goes against the uh, the laws of society of of uh, not harming people or killing people, right? And if I am actually um, d- denying those laws and, and going against them, I am bearing the consequences of them as well. And I'm explicitly saying to people, like, I'm not going to follow those laws and keeping the consequences of that, right? Uh, I think they they mentioned in the article that Gandhi was one of those people, right? Um, now, if we would stop here, that that is already very powerful, right? Um, if I can become the kind of person that is more and more aware of how uh, in integrity I am with my word, um, based on this definition, that already in and of itself is 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 incredible right it's a it's a huge shift of awareness to understand this and throughout the the article he talks about how the the main reason why people don't keep their word and therefore put um leave, leave the power of creation the power of productivity of performance on the table is because they are unaware of what it means to keep your word, right? So that's the reason why I was sharing this with you. Um, based on his definition, those six things that I mentioned to you, if we are to become increasingly more aware whenever there's an opportunity to be like that, to keep a word in that, in that way, um, we increase our ability to perform in the world and to be more productive and to have better relationships um, based on trust and, and and we can rely on ourselves more and have freedom of mind, right? When we don't see, when we just disregard this whole conversation, right? Because what I'm saying here is not just like a, a nice idea. It's, um, it's, it's, it's something that if we are to disregard and say, ah, I'm not going to really pay attention to this whole thing about keeping my word or doing what I know to do is like, it's not, not very relevant. We inevitably are leaving um, our performance, our ability to, to create whatever we want on the table. It's just like a, like a, a black and white thing. You're either, I'm either understanding this and I'm looking at life. Whenever I have an opportunity to keep my word, I keep it. Uh, whenever I don't, I, I'm, I'm honoring it. So I'm respecting my word. I'm seeing the power that I have to create. Or I'm not seeing the power I'm having to create, and therefore I lack the the, the power to do it. It, it. There's no judgment, again, there's no moral anything about it, um, but it's just very useful, and that's the reason why I'm sharing this with you. Now, 
he he mentions in the article that um, there are ways in which we be, um, we as a society we learn to see integrity um, it, because the way we used to see integrity is different than the way that he's sharing, right? And is less complete, let's say, as more based on less useful as well, more based on morality and all these kind of things that I mentioned before. We create all these different mechanisms that um, hinders our ability to the hinder our ability to understand this in a better way, right? So basically, if we are to see and understand integrity in the way that he's defining, just the awareness of it itself will help us to have better performance. And the more blinded to it we are, the lower our performance and ability to create whatever we want in life, right? So then he makes a point that is very important to understand what are the ways in which we blind ourselves from it. So that's what I want to share with you. He calls it the, the veil of invisibi invisibility, right? And there are 11 ways, and I don't want to take too much time on this, but I want to go through it uh, one by one. He said there's 11 ways in which we blind ourselves from understanding um, and, and being aware of and getting in touch with um, our, the power we have to keep our word, to be in integrity with ourselves, right? So number one, he says that uh, one of the ways we do that is by not seeing that who you are as a person is your word. Ooh, this is very interesting, right? Uh, it started uh, very deep. Um, so he's, he, he mentioned that who, if you think who you are is your body, if you think who you are is your emotions, is your thoughts, then you will uh, leave the power to uh, be your word and be in integrity on the table. And, and it will be impossible for you to be in integrity in the within the definition that he's talking about. Right? So... If uh, what I am, I, I am my word, what does that mean? So to me, that means that who I am is constituted by all my commitments that I have been having until now. So I may be commit, may, I may have had a, commit, a commitment to not taking action or throughout my life, I may have, have had a commitment to, to feeling good or to being lazy, or a commitment to um, trying to get ahead of people and take advantage, right? Now, these commitments may not be something that I, I was aware of or um, I was particularly proud of, but nevertheless, they are commitments, right? I know that I have a commitment to record this podcast because I'm recording this podcast, but if I wasn't doing it and I said I was going to do it, I might have had the commitment to feeling comfortable instead. So the point here is we're always committing to something. We're always promising ourselves something, um, whether it is to actually do something or not do it, or I choose to feel comfortable and not go out and face the world. It's also commitment. And those commitments, will create a way of being that will always trump feelings and thoughts, right? 
So I am, let's say that I'm committed to hiding and not be seen uh, in life, right? For, for, by other people. I'm always going to hide myself from others and I don't want to be seen, right? I'm committed to that. Well, even if I feel joyful, I'm going to, the, the commitment will always trump that feeling, right? I'm going to try to hide myself. If I feel sad, I'm going to try to hide myself. If I think that, oh, you know what? I think it would be great for me to show myself and I have that commitment in place, that way of being will trump those thoughts until the commitment changes, right? And we know the commitment changes because we are doing something else. That's it. When our way of being changes, the doing changes along with it. So um, it's, it's great to see that we are actually, who we are is constituted by our commitments that have been created through language, through how we, um, the promises we keep to ourselves, whether consciously or unconsciously, right? So it's beyond my temporary thoughts and feelings, which is great, by the way, because then that means that um, I can be the kind of person that always shows up on time, for example, whether I am feeling like it or not. I can be the kind of person that is... Uh, always reliable to be where I told I was going to be to someone, where we're going to meet, whether I feel it, feel like it or not, where I think I'm going to uh, have a great time or not. And when I uh, can't keep that commitment, I can simply revisit my word and my promise, honor it and tell the other person, right? And that's a commitment to being my word as well, seeing the importance of it. All right. Number two, one of the ways that we blind ourselves is by living as if my word is only what I said and what I assert is true. So like I mentioned to you, there are other ways in which he mentions um, that, that it, it, it describes as keeping your word, right? Meaning you know what to do and you do what others expect you to do. Those are other ways. If we only see keeping my word and being integrity as doing what I said um, and asserting what is true, we uh, are not really being our word defined by him, right? Because there are other things lacking there. Third, seeing integrity as a virtue. This is very common, right? For many people, virtue is valued only to the degree that it engenders the admiration of others. He, he, I'm quoting. And as such, it is easily sacrificed especially when it would not be noticed and can be rationalized, <laughs> right? So if I think that, oh, it's, it's a nice thing, it's a nice thing that I can uh, be my word because I'll be respected and people are going to like me. It's, uh, it's a nice kind of character, it's a nice uh, virtue to, to be like this. Well, what if no one is noticing me? Then my word means nothing to me. What I say to myself in the confines of my room alone won't mean anything to me, right? So if I keep seeing integrity as a virtue, I, um, according to him, I'm not in integrity with myself, right? That's one of the ways in which we are we can keep the the power uh, uh, on the table. Leave it, leave it on the table. Fourth, we we blind ourselves by self deceiving about being out of integrity, right? So basically. 
we are mostly unaware that uh, when we have not kept or honored our word. And mostly of what we see are reasons, rationalizations, or excuses for not keeping our word. Right? So, why weren't you on time? Oh, it was because uh, it was because of the traffic and the traffic did this and then this happened and and right. This is the most common thing on earth, right? I've heard this so many times. I've done this so many times, right? That is this like impulse that we have to try to fit in by giving an excuse and being accepted, accepted and validated, right? But actually, if I would really be honoring my word, I would have told the other person that I was not going to show up on time. That's first. But if they would ask me why. I would say, because I was not being my word. That, that's all. Because I didn't do what I said I was going to do. Oh, but, but, but you cannot control the, the things that happen in life and the natural disasters and things that you cannot uh, predict that is going to happen. Yeah, and then I can honor my word when I'm not going to keep it. And if I see... Um, myself as a person of integrity, again, there's no moral things, there's no shoulds into it. It's just that my word and actions are one. It's not word, reason, action. It's word, action. Right? There is no reason to explain, justify, rationalize what I did or didn't do. It's either done, not done. Fifth, we can blind ourselves from understanding this um, by seeing integrity as only keeping one's word and not including honoring one's word, which is pretty self-explanatory. Sixth, the fear, uh, by the fear of acknowledging that you have not or are not going to keep your word, right? Uh, when, when acknowledging that you are not going to keep your word and therefore cleaning up the mess that results um, and by, for yourself and for other people, and, and if that appears to be a threat to be avoided rather than simply a challenge to be dealt with, you will find difficult to maintain your integrity. This is very uh, relatable to me, right? Oh, I don't want to tell people that I'm not going to be on time because I don't want to be seen as dot, dot, dot. A person lacks integrity, a person that um, is, is, doesn't have my shit together or... Uh, it's not productive, whatever it is, right? Whereas in fact, whenever I do uh, um, respect and honor my word by telling people that I'm not going to arrive on time, I am being in integrity, right? I'm, I'm creating a new promise and, and I can say to them later, I'm not going to show up at all. I'm going to show up at this time. I can recreate myself, get in touch with my power to create um, and be my word again, right? So trying to avoid uh, acknowledging that I'm not going to keep my word because of the fear of what people may think, that takes us away from, from integrity, right? Seven, not seeing that integrity is a factor of production, meaning um, that we would be making up all kinds of reasons and ideas and rationalizations about why we failed to do something or not do something. So, like I mentioned, um, I can I can create all those stories, but the bottom line is I did it or I didn't do it. And I, and if I would get very caught up into the stories, I will lose sight of just seeing things as factual in that way, 
and uh, the, and then therefore give me a new opportunity to create what I want in life. Because if I keep staying in the stories and caught up in the excuses, I will be a person that creates excuses all the time. I'm not going to see, uh, to get back to point zero where I can see life as a clean slate to create something new from. Number eight, not doing a cost-benefit analysis on giving one's word. Ooh, this is good. So he goes on to say that most people do not consider fully what it takes, what it will take to keep that word. And they are very well-meaning and polite. I think I, I wrote this, uh, well-meaning and polite. Um, yeah, if, if I say I'm going to do something, and I'm just saying because, ah, it's like, you know, you know when people say, uh, call me, or, uh, yeah, let's have lunch one day. Or, yeah, I think one day uh, I, I, will, I will do this, I will travel to this place. We, we are not really keeping a promise at all. Or even when we say, yeah, um, I, I will be there by this time. Yeah, sure, sure. No, yeah, I will give you a call when I get home. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But because we are not, we don't usually respect, okay, I'm going to speak for myself. Because I usually wouldn't respect my word enough, I would not create systems in place that would assure me that I would do it, right? I could very well just say, I don't know if if I'm going to call you. Like, that's a way better way uh, that I'm going to keep my word than saying, yeah, I'll call you when I get home. Yeah, for sure. But if I don't then put an alarm on my phone and, and remind myself somehow to call that person and actually do it, um, I, I would not be prepared to, to think about the consequences of doing that, of keeping my word. And that's one of the, the ways in which he, he mentions people get blinded to this power. Number nine, doing a cost-benefit analysis on honoring one's word. Uh, so basically, this is like, this, this ties into the, the number six about, around the uh, fearing to, to, to honor your word because of what people may think, right? If I keep thinking, oh, maybe I'm going to share with them. Maybe I'm going to honor my word with them. Maybe I'm not. I'm not. I don't know how they're going to think. And I keep doing this cost-benefit analysis. I will for sure be on uh, defense and diminish my ability to create in that moment a new promise. So then he, he gives this, um, this, this example of what people would usually say to themselves. They would say, I will honor my word when it comes time for me to honor my word, if the costs of doing so are less than the benefits. <laughs> you wouldn't usually trust a person if they would say this to you, right? Yeah, I would do it if, um, if it makes sense for me to do it in the future. You're like, but, but I need to rely on you. What do you mean? <laughs> right? Um, doing a cost-benefit analysis would, about, about honoring our word takes us away from from this power to create and he he goes to say uh if, quite boldly that if you choose to be a person of integrity you have no choice when it comes time to honor your word black and white number 10 not seeing that integrity is a mountain without a top this is something that i really like um he said that if you are a hundred percent of the time keeping your word you are playing a, a game that is too small in your life. Whew. I really like that. Because 
if I say to myself, I'm going to wake up in the morning, right? And I, I, I'm going to keep my promise. I'm going to wake up tomorrow in the morning. There will be only one instance in which that won't happen, in which I will fail, right? When I die. Um, if I have promises to myself that are so easily, so easy to do that I can keep all my promises 100% of the time, I'm playing too much of a, a small game, too little of a game. So he says that when we see integrity as a mountain with no top, it means that there is always room for improvement, right? There will always be moments in which uh, if I live in this way, I, uh, I will be promising myself to do something and not be able to keep it. Therefore, I will be able to honor it, right? Um, so getting that integrity is a mountain with no top leaves us as individuals with power and with the ability to be authentic about our out-of-integrity inauthenticities and better to relate to those around us who are also dealing with the fact that integrity is a mountain without a top. Imagine if we are to judge every time someone is not keeping their word, right? Um, we, we don't, we, we would put them in this cage where uh, first of all, we would incorporate the morality, right? It would be out of this definition. But also, they wouldn't see that there would be an opportunity for them to just simply honor their word when they don't keep it, right? So it, it helps us to uh, enjoy the climb because we know that at some point we're not going to get it and we can be honoring it. And the last one, number 11, not having your word in existence when it comes time to keep your word. So this goes along, um, basically he talks about how you can um, put systems in place to help you keep your word. And he gives four different um, prompts for that. So the first question is, when you say, yes, I'm going to, I promise to do this. I promise to not do this, whatever, right? What is the first step or next action you're going to take after, after you have given your word? If I say to someone, I'm going to call you when I arrive home. What is the first step, next action I'm going to take after I just said that? Man, I think I'm going to put an alarm on my phone so that I get reminded. So I make sure that I do it because I might forget, right? We are dealing with a biological, uh, quite random computer up there right? It, 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 we, we forget stuff. It's, it's, it's fine. We're humans, right? So can I create a system that I would allow me to, to keep my promises? Uh, I will, will guarantee of that, or at least ensure that that is made to the best of, of, of the extent, the highest extent, right? Second, by when will you take this first action or the next action, right? I can tell someone, hey, I'm going to call you at when I arrive home at 3 p.m. and I put an alarm at 2.55 or whatever, right? The third prompt is create a uh, interval in time in your calendar in which to do it. So like I mentioned, I put this in my calendar, I put an alarm, I will know when this is going to get done. I created a system that will guarantee uh, to, to remind me of it as well. And finally, you must ensure the... This, this event exists for you in such a way that will reliably take 
that you will reliably take that first step. So again, it's all about creating a system, putting a system in place to make sure this is going to get done, right? So this has been already a long um, podcast. I wanted to really um, cover as much as possible around this topic. And I will be sharing the, the article for you to, to take a look at. Um, it's, it's quite an extensive article. If you read the article and then you listen to this podcast, uh, I am certain that you see something new and you see something deeper because you're going to be seeing it more than once. And, and if you listen to this in a way that is um, you're slow down, you're really paying attention, and you're trying to get something out of this, you will for sure uh, get a lot of benefit from from both reading and from listening to this podcast. So I would love to hear your comments. I'd love to hear some questions you may have, um, any criticisms, positive, negative criticisms, any thoughts, any, um, any, any arguments against uh, keeping our integrity, that it would be great to continue the conversation and not make this just a monologue. Um, so you can send me your, uh, your, your questions, your comments, your message to felipe.bernardot at hotmail.com. That's felipe.bernardot at hotmail.com. Um, that way we can continue the conversation there. And I'm happy to, to, to answer to any, any message. Um, and one last invitation if this is something that resonated with you and you want to dive deeper into it, I'm also uh, happy to, after you send me your email, we see if we can take the conversation a bit deeper and, um, and schedule a call in which we can, uh, we can help integrate your insights um, in a practical way in your life as well. Your insights around integrity, around keeping your word, and, um, and I can, uh, as best as I can, help uh, you to not be stuck around around this, right? If there's anything that you think, oh, it's not possible for me to keep my integrity around this area or that area, or um, I'm finding hard to understand this concept, um, yeah, send me a message and we can have a conversation about it if it makes sense for both of us. All right, have a great day, morning, afternoon, evening, and um, and I talk to you soon and I'll see you on the next episode. Bye-bye for now.